On this episode of the North Lakes Podcast, Brenda Gadel and I talk about recovery, what addiction is, and what are some of the things that people can do about it. Brenda is a substance use disorder therapist who works out of North Lakes Community Clinic Turtle Lake, and she is also the recovery program director. Brenda meets with people every day, and she helps them with substance use disorder. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, welcome to the North Lakes Podcast. I'm here with Brenda Gadel. Uh, Brenda and I are going to be talking today, um, about recovery. Um, Brenda, what's your role here at North Lakes? Well, thank you, Jeremy. I am the recovery program director here for North Lakes. And what does that mean? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> that means that I'm responsible for all of our, um, our substance use disorder services. That's better. Gotcha. So, um, what is recovery? Um, I've heard it called substance use di- disorder. Um, I, I think there's a lot of uh, misconception about what this is. So do you want to just to get us started, kind of talk about what is recovery? That's what a, is addiction? Yep, that's a good idea. Um, you know, and we use all these different terms, and I think it gets really confusing for people. Um, there was a time when we used the term alcoholic, we use addict, we've used chemical dependency, we've used all kinds of different things. And now, um, at this point in my career, we talk a lot about substance use disorders. And that's because of just making sure that that what how we're referring to this illness um, is accurate and that it's not stigmatizing. Because I think for a lot of people, when you hear the word alcoholic, um, people get a visual in their head, and it's usually negative, and it's not accurate. So, um, so that's a big thing, I think, right there. That like the the to call it um, a sickness or an illness, you know, like days gone by, you had an alcoholic family member. They weren't sick; they were an alcoholic. Very true. <laughs> yeah, and and just just the way you said that, it's the sneering kind of yeah, and they were an alcoholic, and people rolled their eyes, and. Um, it is an illness. This is a, a an illness that has been with us since the beginning of time, I'm sure. Um, and I try not to use the word addiction, but it's really hard to keep it out of my vocabulary because I'm just so used to saying that. But because it's got some negative connotations, I really try to remember that people have a substance use disorder. They aren't the substance use disorder. They're all kinds of things. They have a substance use disorder, but their parents and their siblings and their children and their all their people who have an illness just like any other kind of illness and the more that i think we can remind people of that um just the easier it is to seek out help and it's and it's uh just easier for people to talk about i think and so what are we mentioned alcohol which I, mm-hmm. um, what are other things? I know there's other substances, but just to kind of, uh, should I not use the word addiction? You kind of like, is that a like, I mean, because what I was going to ask is like, what are some other things people are addicted to? But maybe that's not the right question. No, I think, I think it's a term that people understand because it really is about um, when you, when you think about substance use disorders and addiction, it's a compulsive behavior. That um, and it's a brain. It's connected to your brain. It's not a moral weakness. It's none of that kind of stuff. It's how your brain chemistry operates and processes. 
So I, it's okay to use that term. And when I think about it, I think about substances of, um, you know, right now opiates are a big concern for people and methamphetamine is a big concern for people. Um, and people are talking about pot all the time now with, you know, should it be legal or not? And really it's, you know, we'll change substances forever of what's popular. So I think that's why the substance use disorder is so important to say. But the addiction part of it is, you know, we live in a world where we have easy access to anything. And so we like to look at other addictive type behaviors of gambling is a huge issue for people. Pornography. Um, just and sometimes the word can get overused, but you see people who are can't step away from their phone, for heaven's sakes. Um, uh, you'll see people who exercise can become an addiction for them. It's that whole they can't stop themselves. It's no longer a choice. It becomes connected to a whole different system. And is that something, so when we're talking about maybe North Lake specifically and recovery, uh, you're not by, you, you don't care what it is, like whatever that substance or behavior is, you're, it doesn't really matter. Correct. We really just want to help people find balance again, because things are really out of whack when you're, when you're, something else is controlling you in a lot of ways. So when uh, what what would be whoever's maybe listening to this and they're like I do this and like what what what's a moment when somebody is like okay maybe this is something I should get some help with are there uh, what would be a a moment where like maybe someone might want to give us a call or not us a call or just reach out to someone. That's that's a great question because I think that the minute that you're saying to yourself, hmm. I wonder if this is okay. Is this is this starting to interfere for me? That's a really good time to reach out. You know, we tend to wait until things are such a huge problem that like with anything, it's harder to treat the longer something goes on. And so, you know, I think about um, how we like to do early intervention for cancer and we do a lot of screening for cancer and all those kind of things so that we can treat people in that first stage the same is true for substance use disorders or any other problem we're facing. And so what about like, so sure. So like the moment you like, if I was like, wow, I'm tired all the time. I don't know what it is. You know, I, I, I think <laughs> I'd be the kind of, kind of person that I would wait to try to figure it out. But you're saying maybe I should get my tired checked out. Not that that's the symptom, but but like it like doesn't doesn't hurt to call. You know, I think it's that whole, why do we need to, we have so many resources. So why should someone suffer? So if, if you're worried about something, check it out, you know, investigate, see, you know, make a change, try something different. And I think that's what, uh, you know, it's funny, I'll see, I'll talk to a lot of people who, you know, their alcohol use has been a problem for quite some time. And, and, um, and they're like, well, where should I start? And what should I do differently? And it's like, you know, have you tried to change the behavior? And, you know, because they may be drinking every weekend and then they started to drink um, after work. One of That can really just get to be a habit for people, kind of having that relaxed kind of cocktail after work. And um, it's like, what happens if you don't do that? And sometimes they're like, huh, nothing. It truly was just a habit for me. 
and I've decided to back away from that. Or they may try it and they're like, whoa, I really miss that. And so then it's kind of like, what what's happening at that time of day? You know, is this a relaxation thing? What is this? And can you change that to something that's healthier for you? So um, if someone is at that crossroads or at that moment, mm-hmm. what do they call here or what would be what would you say? Who, who do, what do they do next? You know, I think sometimes it's, it's important to kind of um, connect with the people in your life. Sometimes it's your own support systems that it's kind of like, hey, is this, you know, are you struggling with anything like this? Have you ever heard anything like this? Does this sound goofy to you? But sometimes your your support systems are in the same boat. So they might not be the best pl- person to go to. So, you know, giving us a call, scheduling an appointment, coming in and talking to somebody who um, who can look at this objectively, um, it's really powerful to have somebody else go, huh, you know, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever, you know, if this is something you want to take a look at, we can help you take a look at this differently. So maybe the when you're sitting at the bar talking to your friend who you're drinking with, maybe that's not they might not give you the the most the best advice. Well, maybe, th- maybe they would. That's that's a big generalization on my part. Yeah, I think it depends. What's what's funny to me is that um, when someone's really struggling with a substance use disorder, anybody can point it out. You know, when things have gotten to the point where you've lost everything, you're homeless, you're in all kinds of legal trouble, all those kind of things. That's easy for anybody to say. Hmm, there's somebody who needs to change. It's the it's all the time before that, that it's a lot, that it's kind of like, hmm, we can make like justifications and rationalizations and excuses and all those kind of things. It's during that time that, you know, having somebody else to just talk about this really objectively with who's not involved in your life makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. And, and there's no maybe baggage afterwards. You know, you don't risk the relationship. Um, right? That's a really good yeah. point, Jeremy. And it is. It's that whole, um, our job is to be, you know, to be factual, to listen, to um, to hear how this feels to you. How, what does this really affect? It's a great safe place to be honest about things. Maybe you don't want to share with other people who might share that with somebody else. Hmm. What about, uh, let's say, kind of on the other side of that, mm-hmm. if you, someone you know, family member or friend or coworker or whatever, you kind of think, ooh, maybe they're, they're, they, they are at that point. I mean, is there something that, something that you can do for them? Or well, that's a hard thing to do, to like kind of break that ground. Is it, is it even worth trying or what do, what do you think? Well, you know, when I think about what happens to a lot of people when they're struggling is that it's really human nature to kind of keep that all to yourself. And so to have someone say to you, hey, you know, I'm worried about you. Is there anything, you know, you want to talk? It, I think people think we have to have this big intervention because it's on TV. You know, that whole intervention thing, like, mm-hmm. we got to do this big thing. What are you all doing here? <laughs> yeah, it's like, whoa, it doesn't mean you got to put 10 people in a room and, you know, show off all your stuff. It's it's the, you know, hey, I'm worried about you. This is scaring me a little bit. Um, you know, 
I'm here to listen or, you know, I care about you. Because one of the one of the things that happens is that people get very isolated and um, something that's very dangerous for people suffering from substance use disorders is not to be connected. Mm -hmm. So that I mean, the, I'd like just to like have that connection, maybe someone hasn't had that in a while. So though someone who's suffering that would might actually be a real big moment. Big moment. And just that, oh, you're noticing something that might be happening with me now. They might be like, no, I'm fine. Um, you know, or, you know, oh, of course there's nothing going on. And they might be very defended. But I always think of it this way, and this might sound a little dramatic, but how am I going to feel if I don't say something and something horrible happens to that person? I think that's the, even as a therapist sometimes, I have to think about that. I have to have really hard conversations with people in a very caring way because I don't want to be second guessing myself and saying, geez, I wish I would have, because that's an awful feeling, especially for family members. And even if they do give that like, no, I'm fine, that doesn't mean that didn't have an impact. I mean, they might yes. like, wow, someone noticed, you know, for someone to say, you know, so that might cause some self-reflection. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing that's so important, Jeremy, is that. They made they'll they may not act like that was important, but it's amazing how many people will say, you know, I had this, you know, my mom never let go of me, you know, or my friend never stopped asking me or um, a lot of times. And this is going to sound a little bit goofy, but for some people, it's the, you know, the police officer who stopped me um, was so kind. And it, you just don't know when you're going to have an impact on somebody's life. So the um, I wrote a few mm -hmm. questions on one one mm -hmm. of the like the the I don't this is kind of a this is a tough one to ask or mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to phrase it. Um, is there this? I'll just write mm -hmm. what I wrote. Is mm -hmm. there a too much? Is there a just enough? Um, uh, you, I, I, you know, like can like probably hard for you to say like oh yeah you're you're a good drinker or you're a good <laughs> you know you know it's like because it is everywhere and i mean it, it doesn't these substances don't affect people the same way so uh it, it, it's such a funny subject because i mean it's everywhere around us and it's like you know so it just some it affects different people in different ways or I don't know. Am I asking? I'm not. I'm not asking a simple question. I guess. No, but it's it's a great one because it's the whole. Um, I think people want an answer. They want that black and white. If I only drink one drink every day, am I okay? I can't answer that because it depends how it affects you and your world and your life and the people around you. Um, there are people who you know. It's kind of like meth. We all know meth is a horrible drug for people, right? There can't be anything good about it. Does meth wreck everybody's life? Probably not. You know, and, and don't please don't anybody think that I said that meth is good. So just but I just kind of want to give you that contrast of, um, you know, you think about pain medications for some people. They're a gift. They're you know, they, they actually help them with the pain. They don't have any problems with them. And other people, it's their worst nightmare. So uh, you're so right. There's not an easy answer. And it's kind of like, you know, sugar, 
Mm-hmm. I can probably eat sugar all day long, and that might not be good for me, mm-hmm. but I can do it. But, you know, a spoonful of sugar for a diabetic might be terrible, you know, is mm-hmm. terrible. Or I'm like, can you tell I'm I'm a marketing guy, not a physician? Yeah, no. <laughs> like, I'm not a medical professional. But yeah. just using that as an example, it's like that there's... There's a substance that's going to affect people in different ways. Absolutely. And, you know, it's that there are people who smoke cigarettes. I mean, speaking of of things that, you know, are just not good for us and cause more deaths than a whole lot of addiction kind of issues. Um, there are people who can smoke a couple of cigarettes and put them down. And there are some people that will go through withdrawal like they're addicted to heroin. So it, it's just... We are so different. And actually, I'm really glad you brought up sugar because sugar has a huge effect on people. You know, sugar, caffeine sometimes. You just I just don't think we can stress enough the importance of paying attention to your own body and your own. You know, if I'm if I'm struggling with my emotions, say I'm, I'm depressed or whatever, is that a good time to add a depressant? Probably not. That's what alcohol is. Um, if I'm already stressed, probably eating six donuts isn't a good idea. I mean, just just if you could, if we can think about it that way, you know, just the whole what are we adding to ourselves? Is it helpful? Mm, maybe not. Then I might need to take a look at it. I don't know if that makes sense, but no, no it does. Well, and I, you know, and that, it, like it just, I, I think that's maybe a good way to emphasize that it's not. Just like, hey, you're an addict. It's like it's not it's it's and it it is an illness. It's a disease. Mm -hmm. And it's and it and it could be, um, you know, your your need for that, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe for me, it could be toy trains. I don't know. You know, (laughs) well, and it's not (laughs) good because we'd have to talk. But, but, you know, I think that what I like to tell people when they come in is that it, it. it's hard to come in and talk to somebody, especially when um, when things are pretty out of control in your life. It's hard to come in and say, oh, I know I need to make some changes. Well, and that's your people, too. Like, I mean, yeah. I know that, um, you know, like if that's what you do with your friends or, or it, maybe it's a, a work thing, like it's, you know, that's part of. You know, after work, we go here and we do this, mm-hmm. you know, so if you all of a sudden are like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. That's a big change in your life. Mm-hmm. That I, I think that's probably one of the hardest parts about recovery. And it depends about kind of where you are in this cycle. I, I think about there are people who have lived their life fairly well and are fairly stable and have good have good connections in their life, have family still have a job. Recovery is very different for that person because they have a lot of, um, they've already got a lot of skills. They've um, navigated a lot of situations, probably in a healthier manner. Um, and so they're going to make some changes in their life that are, are difficult, but probably not, they're doable. There's going to be some grief involved because you're right. Yeah, maybe stopping at the bar after work just isn't going to be my thing anymore. Um and some people are going to be really understanding about that, and some people aren't, and and that kind of stinks. Because that's a threat to them too. Like it, you know, you're well. you're questioning this, mm-hmm. what we do together. You're questioning this group. So why? What do you mean? Get 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 back on board. Yeah, and, and it's, be part of the fun. 
And, you know, you, you would think that peer pressure wouldn't be a big deal as an adult, but it doesn't change. We, we all people will say, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I, we all care about what people think about us. Um, that's just human nature. You can't help it. But, you know, those people, I think, you know, we really work with them on some on some good skills of, you know, how. Who do you want to be around? And to be able to say to people, um, to be strong enough to say, I'm not making any judgment about you. This is about what I need. Hmm. And I think that's the important thing. Um, And then, you know, I work with people who really started to, you know, came from a family of substance use disorder, lived in all kinds of chaos, started to use at a very early age, um, and are now in the office at 25, have just really, this has affected their entire life and being. That's a different recovery. We've got a lot more. We're starting from the beginning. And so it's it's just, it's so different. It looks so different for people. But we don't want to miss anything when we're helping folks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's so hard to, to describe it. Or, or what's okay for one person just isn't okay for somebody else. Now, are there um, different times of year or like you know, like, uh, are there different times a year where it might be someone might lean on this a little bit more, if that makes sense? Yeah, it's funny because if the pandemic taught us anything, it's that um, loneliness is is just not good for people. Loneliness and not being connected is horrible for most human beings. Um, we saw a lot more overdose deaths, those kind of things. Um, you know, and, and I know that According to, in Wisconsin, people are quite proud that we sold more alcohol or something than ever. Um, and I, you know, I got to see those effects in my office. Um, it's, I think that what we really need to start thinking about is how do we take care of ourselves in a healthy way? How do we deal with emotions and allow our emotions to be all right? Because if you're feeling lonely, we got to deal with the feeling lonely we don't have to cover it up. We don't have to fix it. How do you how do you sit with just being lonely and then take those steps as to what? Okay, so what what am I going to do differently? And so, if is there any advice you could hand out to someone? Let's say they're feeling that moment, or you know, it's stressful time of year or something like that. Is there mm-hmm. what um, anything? Any guidance you would give, like, or if you, you know, like, here comes Halloween. Halloween's mm-hmm. always rough for me, or Thanksgiving, or Fourth mm-hmm. of July, or mm-hmm. what? Like, you know, it's coming. What? What could someone do? We spend a lot of time um, working with people on stressful times, and stressful times are different for different people. Christmas, holidays, all that kind of stuff. It's it's so different for each person. Um, anniversaries of. Um, losses can be really, really difficult for people. Um, and so we just like to prepare people that, okay, this is this is probably, you may feel more sadness. You may feel more whatever those emotions are. So can you sit with those emotions and or are there some ways for you to to maybe look at this differently? Can you, can you celebrate differently? Can you... Um, yeah, can or get through it differently. Yeah, you know? yeah, get get to that next step, and I I think that's it. Yeah, it, it's that whole emotions will change. 
it's not a because you're feeling this way today does not mean you will feel that way tomorrow. And so I, I think we we just we live in this world where it's like, oh, if I feel sad, then I must change it right now. No, sadness is a human emotion. It's it's part of the deal. And if we if we squelch feeling sad with drugs or alcohol or medication or any of that kind of stuff, we forget that sometimes then we squelch joy. And that's that's the scariest part in some ways is that then everything is just mm. and what's that like? Flatline. Yeah, I mean that doesn't sound great. <laughs> Once you start squelching emotions, you just maybe start to squelch them all. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Doc, that's funny. Um, I did a podcast with Dr. Allison Allen. I'm oh, sure you know. Sure. And uh, it was about anger. And right away, the first thing I asked was like, "What's bad about anger?" And she's <laughs> like, mm 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 mm. We got to back it up a little bit. We got to mm-hmm. talk about how anger and all emotions are useful. Absolutely. Yeah, there, there are, first of all, they make us human. And and uh, I don't know where we ever decided that none of us should ever feel any pain. I mean, emotional, physical, um, the whole, you know, in, in the United States, we take medication for anything. We take more medication than anybody in the entire world. And why? Because we can't sit with being uncomfortable for any length of time we we got to be going and functional and and if we haven't learned anything recently it's that we all need time to reflect to take care of ourselves um to slow down and just be okay with with ourselves well talking to you has not been uncomfortable at all i really really appreciate this um good Anything else? I, you know, we, uh, any kind of closing thoughts or anything that we didn't cover that you'd like to include? You know, I, I just want to remind people that um, substance use disorders, addiction sort of issues are treatable. We really can help people change their lives. And, and, uh, and I get to see it every day. And I know that people think that's really kind of, oh, yeah, right. But I, I'm serious. Um, I talk to people who have been in recovery for 30, 40 years, 50 years. Um, older people who have gotten into recovery in their 70s. Um, young people who have restored you know, relationships with their families who are now fabulous parents and all those kind of things. And it's just, you know, we're all working on, I think, we're all kind of working on being better people. And um, and substance use disorders is just one of those things, you know, that we can work on. What a great reminder, because our headlines are always filled with tragedy and they are tragedies. Mm-hmm. I'm not discounting that at all. But yeah. uh, what a great reminder that there's also many, many, many successful stories uh, around recovery. A lot of successful stories. And, and, you know, I hope one of the things that I think is neat is that I think more people are being verbal about that. People that, you know, it. For good or for bad, um, a lot of anonymity has been around substance use disorders. You know, I think about AA, which is an, an incredible, an incredible resource, um, and it's founded in anonymity, which keeps things secret. Um, and 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 I that's that works great, 
But I think about, you know, if you're a breast cancer survivor, you wear a lot of pink. When you're a survivor of something else, you wear, you know, all kinds of things. You know, be proud of being in recovery because it's it's a good thing. It's a really good thing for people. And um, and other folks, if you feel comfortable enough to be all right in your old skin and to be able to say, um, you know, I'm I'm doing OK now. Um, yep, there's always potential for relapse, but I'm doing OK today. It's just good. It's just good for people to know that that can happen. And just before we go, too, I'd like to say that, you know, AA and NA and Al-Anon are what we are very traditionally used for people in recovery. And they are amazing resources. And it doesn't work for everybody. And so I think um, being able to, to recognize that your recovery might look a lot different than that. Um, there's lots of different ways to do this. We, um, you know, we're really blessed. We have peer support specialists that work with us who are invested and as are all of our therapists in how can this work for you? How do you want this to look? And um, my last question is uh, what's in your car? What's in my car Mm -hmm. right now? Yeah. Um, I don't, nothing. Oh, my husband. (laughs) Perfect. He's in my truck. (laughs) Excellent. That's bad. Thank you so much, Brenda Gadel. Thank you. Uh, It's really wonderful to talk to you and we could, we could keep talking. I uh, bet we could. Thank you so much for being here. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Brenda's husband was uh, gracious enough to wait in the car while she and I talked. I mean, Brenda even came in on her day off to talk to me. So thank you very much for doing that, Brenda. Have you subscribed to the North Lakes podcast yet? Please do and tell your friends all about us. Uh, We appreciate you listening. Our next episode will be on picky eating and two members of our pediatric therapies team will be with me. It'll be a great way to close out our first season. If you are struggling with a substance or just feel you need to talk to someone, we can help you out here at North Lakes. Give us a call at 888-834-4551. We would love to hear from you. North Lakes has locations throughout the northern part of Wisconsin. We are a community health center governed by a patient board that sets the direction of our organization. I'm Jeremy Oswald, and I'm in the marketing department, and I'm lucky enough to talk to providers such as Brenda, and I'm so happy that you tuned in. Thank you, and keep listening.